don't know what you do for a living, but if you've been doing it for a long time, then you know that nobody can come in the first day or the first month and really have a true understanding of what that job entails. The same goes with evaluating fantasy football prospects. You can see numbers on paper, you can pull up game film, and you may notice a thing or two, you know, enough to be dangerous, right? But the people that have been doing it for years, that have seen things over and over and over, can add some context to some numbers or some tape that perhaps the untrained eye cannot see. And these are the reasons why the people that have been evaluating the players for so long, have been in the fantasy game for so long, they're good resources, not only for information, for knowledge, but for ways that you can improve on what you do. And there are so many good evaluators that you can find on Twitter, that you can find on YouTube, that you can find online. And I implore you to find resources, find people that you trust, and use those resources to help yourself get better at what you do, understand what you're looking at, identify what numbers are important, and it's gonna make you a better analyst and evaluator. Now, you're probably wondering, what do I know about this? Why are you listening to me? Well, besides the fact that, you know, I had the opportunity to play quarterback, I've coached players before, uh, I've been in the game for a long time, and I'm not sure what you do when you get home each and every day, but I can tell you that after a long day of work, when I come in the house and the wife and the two kids are running up to me and saying, daddy's home, daddy's home. First, I give my wife the quick spin move. I give both kids the palm to the face, stiff arm into the couch. And as I get through the front door, I turn to look behind me. I got two bodies laying on the floor. I got the wife looking bewildered and I hurry and scurry down to the basement, into the lounge, pour a glass of whiskey, turn on some film and evaluate some players. And that's what I'm gonna do for you tonight. I'm heading to the combine in two days. I have time to get one more evaluation in before I go. Tonight, we're gonna to do Donovan Peoples-Jones. A lot of stuff that I see excites me. We're gonna dive in. Let's see if this is a good prospect for us to circle on our draft boards for draft day. So get yourself a drink and let's get ready to talk some football. Now tonight, I'm gonna to be drinking E.H. Taylor, Bottle and Bond, 100 Proof. This is out of the Buffalo Trace Distillery in Kentucky. They're the same distillery that brings you the hard to find Blantons. They also do Buffalo Trace, the Weller brand, Stag, Pappy Van Winkles. So if you made a whiskey bar, just of Buffalo Trace brands, you would be hashtag winning. So if you want to start your collection, you want to start your whiskey bar or shelf or closet or bunker or hell, if you want to start your own whiskey lounge, Buffalo Trace is the first place you should start. Great whiskey, great whiskey. But let's talk about Donovan Peoples-Jones. Now, we know going into this that his production was not there right so we have to find out why the production is not there okay 
So going into this evaluation, I know I'm already looking for red flags. Okay. Now he was born on February 19th, 1999. And he was a five-star athlete out of Michigan. He was ranked first in his class. Now on my prior episodes, I talk about the importance of a five-star ranking and the fact that there's only 30 to 33 players per class that are ranked as a five-star athlete. And the reason they do this is they want to acknowledge one player per pro NFL team, almost like a draft. So they take the top players, top 33 players, whatever it may be, and they give them a five-star ranking, and that's it. And that's out of like 300,000 athletes, seniors going into college football. So to get a five-star rating, it means you have elite talent. Now, when you get to college, how do you transcend that talent? Do you polish the areas that need polished? Do you continue to get better? Do you get worse? Do you completely fall off the map? But what we have here is we have a five-star athlete that's going to get drafted into the NFL. So we have to take notice, okay? We have to take notice when a five-star athlete goes to the NFL, whether his college production was good or not, okay? Because what we already know is that he has elite talent. He just has to put it together to make an impact at the next level. Now, Let's talk about some five-star athletes, some five-star receivers that are in the NFL right now in our top 50 dynasty wide receivers. You got players like Julio Jones was the first ranked in his class, five-star. Juju Smith-Schuster, third in his class, five-star. Robert Woods, first in his class, five-star. Christian Kirk, fourth in his class, five-star. Jarvis Landry, second in his class, five-star. A.J. Green, second in his class, five-star, behind Julio. Calvin Ridley, first in his class. Stephon Diggs, second in his class, a five-star athlete, fell to, I believe, the fifth round of drafts. You have to keep your eye on these five-star athletes. If Donovan Peoples-Jones, regardless whether he's drafted or whether he's not drafted, If he signs with an NFL team, he's going to be on our radar. We're going to circle his name. Hopefully, the cost is so depressed that we can get him for nothing and stash him on our bench and hopefully, hopefully turns into a gym, okay? Now, I know he's going to crush the combine, and we'll talk about that in a little bit, but going into this, we know he's a talented player. And let's dive into his analytics and let's dive into his tape. Okay. So, like I mentioned earlier, we know that his production at Michigan was pretty bad compared to uh, what we were expecting as the best wide receiver in the class. I was digging deep and I found some tape from what they call a five star challenge. And it was the best high school receivers. And the best high school defensive backs got together, running some routes, no pads, just one-on-one. And the first thing I'm going to show you is Jerry Judy. And let me tell you, Jerry Judy is sick. And we'll get into his breakdown eventually. But this kid is just amazing what he can do in his routes. 
But if you're just listening to the podcast, I need you to go to my YouTube channel, Roto Lounge, so you can see what we're going to see. And I'll give you a play-by-play if you're listening to the podcast. But do me a favor, go to the YouTube channel, and you're going to see some things on tape that's going to help you evaluate in the future. So this first film that we have, right, so it's Jerry Judy versus Thomas Graham. And Thomas Graham was a four-star athlete. Then you, he's going against Todd Harris, another four-star athlete. But when you watch Judy, all these DBs are four-star athletes. When you watch Judy, every single route he does is different, okay? Sometimes he'll give you the stutter step, fake out, go inside, cut back outside. Other times he'll fake inside, go straight up the field. Sometimes he won't even use a stutter step. Sometimes he even takes a step backwards. But every time he lines up against a DB, he gives them a different look. Always keeping them off balance. Always creates separation. Okay? This one here is against Al Blades. He was the number four ranked. Went to the University of Miami. And and Jerry Judy just makes these kids look like they're way out of their league. I mean, even on comebacks. Now, Donovan Peoples-Jones, on the other hand, when we watch his tape, and I'll bring his tape up, he has one move. He has no route tree at all. No wiggle. No quick twitch. He uses his speed and his power to get the DB off balance and go deep. But there's nothing else. You can tell that these DBs already know what he's doing. Now, his speed allows him to outrun the defensive backs. That's not going to happen in the NFL. So I can already see going from high school to college, he needs to polish his route running tremendously to make an impact at the next level. Now, when I watch his tape... I don't really see that improvement. So that's going to be a red flag. But we'll talk about that when we get into it. So let's dive into his production at Michigan. When he was a true freshman, it was his 18-year, six months when the season started, right? So he turned 18 in February. I had the season starting around August, so I gave him six months. So at the beginning of the season, it's his 18-year, six-month age right so he played 13 games he had 22 catches 227 yards and Michigan only had 1226 yards that year so he actually registered a 22 and a half percent market share of the yards right so that generates his breakout age so as as an 18 year old freshman he generates a breakout age because he had over 20 percent of his team's offensive yards Only receiving 227 yards as a freshman isn't impressive. However, Michigan didn't have a lot of offense. So he enters his sophomore season, 19 years, six months of age, right? Shea Patterson transfers from Ole Miss to the University of Michigan. And, you know, I've heard that the reason why DPJ's production was down was because of Shea Patterson. But really, Shea Patterson whether you think he's a good quarterback or not, he wasn't the issue. Now, Shea Patterson came from Ole Miss the year prior. He hooked up with A.J. Brown for 1,200 yards and 11 touchdowns, okay? So Shea Patterson can definitely provide to a wide receiver if it's needed. The same year, he also uh, hooked up with D.K. Metcalf for another 600 yards. So he can get the ball to receiver if the offense asks for it. Now, could Michigan have been the problem? Could the scheme, the Jim Harbaugh scheme, have held Donovan Peoples-Jones back? That could be the problem as well. We can look at that when we get to, uh, to the tape. But 
I don't think it's Shea Patterson, like some other people may have said. Now, he finished that year with 47 catches, 612 yards, and eight touchdowns. So that was only 21% of the team's receptions and yards. Now, as I mentioned in prior episodes, our dominator rating, we're looking for 26%. And then the breakout age, which is 20% of the offense, uh, what age is that? So we know his breakout age is 18.6. He doesn't get 26% as a freshman. He only gets 21% as a sophomore. And then going into 2019, uh, he missed the first two games of the season with an un- undisclosed injury to his leg. Uh, he returned week three, and he ultimately finished that year with 34 catches, 436 yards, and six touchdowns. And that is a very disappointing 16% market share of the receptions and the yards just completely disappeared. And you just you just have to scratch your head and say, how could a player so talented produce so little, right? Why the lack of production? What's going on? So we got to get into his tape, all right? So let's let's look at his tape. Now, the first thing that you see on tape when you watch him he is an exceptional athlete. He's got above average size. When he was in high school, he looked like he was a man among boys. And I think, just from my initial evaluation, I think he's taken advantage of always being the bigger, faster player on the field. In high school, he completely dominated uh, over the top, faster than everyone else, bigger than everybody else. He goes to college. It's a little more equal now. He can't just overpower people. He can't just outrun people. Now, he does quite a bit because he's a fast he's a fast player. But you have to have more than just your athletic ability if you want to go from level to level and succeed, right? So on tape, you can see he has top-notch speed. I mean, it looks like he's running 4-4s four out there. I think that he's going to crush the combine. Uh, I would expect a 4-4 40-yard dash at the combine. I'm looking forward to that. I hope he runs. He's very explosive. He has outstanding leaping ability. I mean, he can jump out of the gym. I would expect a 40-inch vertical jump from him if he jumps. He can make all the tough grabs, and he has excellent body control. Once he catches the ball, he has the awareness to get his feet in bounds where he's on the sidelines. Now, I did notice that he's one of those players – And I'm sure you've been watching uh, games and it's third and six and the receiver only only goes four to five yards and gets tackled. Right. He I saw that a lot on his tape. He doesn't get to the first down marker, whether that's coaching, whether that's his awareness. uh, That's something he's definitely has to work on Uh, understanding down and distances where you have to be to get the first down. But he's an exceptional athlete. I mean, you could see that in college on his uh, punt returns. Um, just being able to outrun everybody. He's almost a player that you just want to get him the ball and let him make something happen. When you line him up at receiver, that's where I see the problem. His route tree is terrible, plain and simple. He has no route tree that I could see. Most of his routes were either a go route, a corner fade route, a drag across the middle of the field, or a comeback. Those were the design routes. The other routes he had was basically when the play broke down and he just scrambled uh, to become an open receiver for his quarterback. So I'm really worried about how he's running routes 
And and again, when you get to the next level, when you get to the NFL, they don't have time to teach you how to run routes. That is going to be something that the players have to do on their own time. All his time with the team is going to be filled with weight training, with learning the offense, implementing the offense, understanding what his role is, the plays, making sure he gets the right nutrition, you know, the ice baths, the, the, the treatment. If he wants to improve his route running, he has to do that before practice. He has to do that after practice. He has to make the time for that. And that's something that he has to want to do. So when I see where he's drafted, I'm going to really have my eye on him for sure just because of the talent. But if he goes to a team where the quarterback holds the receivers accountable, a quarterback like Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers or Drew Brees or Russell Wilson, players that hold, quarterbacks that hold the players accountable, I will be much more impressed than if he goes uh, to a team with like, say, Derek Carr or Ryan Tannehill where he may come in and they may just let him do whatever he wants. We need him to go to a quarterback that's going to hold him accountable, similar to like what Mike Thomas did when Mike Thomas came to the NFL. He knew he had to improve uh, on his route running. He was in Drew Brees' back pocket uh, every day after practice, catching balls, running routes. So we know that DPJ has the elite talent. We're going to see that at the combine. But the one thing that they don't measure is your heart. Is he going to have the desire to want to be great at the next level. And that's something that might concern me just a tad. Okay. Um, now, another thing that I noticed when you're watching the tape is he doesn't have the quick twitch, right? We talked about KJ Hamler on the last episode who can stop and start on a dime. DPJ is just stiff. He has no wiggle. He has no uh, twitch. Uh, like I mentioned, the DBs seem like they can telegraph his routes they they know what he's going to run he has three moves um that's not going to cut at the next level we talked about van jefferson in the podcast and how every single route was a different move you keep the db off balance you don't show them the same move twice especially if it's the same route um jerry judy the same way we saw on the tape earlier every single route he runs was different you know, once he gets off the line of scrimmage, you don't know which direction he's going to go. Um, once you think you do, he's he's completely going the other direction and you're on skates. Donovan Peoples-Jones does not have that. Okay, now, does that mean he's not going to be successful? No. They can move in, into the slot. Uh, that's going to allow him to get off press coverage. One thing he hasn't been good at at the college level is press coverage because, again, DBs know if they get up on him, you know, they know what he's going to do. So, What's going to help him at the next level is that if they put him at the slot, he'll be a big slot receiver. It'll help him get off press coverage. Uh, it'll it'll reduce the obvious fact uh, he doesn't have that quick twitch and that wiggle in him, but he can be successful in the slot position. Now, after watching this tape, you wonder, could Michigan have used him better? You know, I think a better scheme, he probably would have had a lot better college production. There's probably a lot less talented receivers that put up nice college stats and that's when I said in the intro you can't just go by if I give you a bunch of numbers and you say well I'm just going to pick who has the best numbers right that doesn't tell the whole story there are less talented players in higher octane offenses spread offenses that produced more 
than Donovan Peoples-Jones. Now, does that mean they're better than Donovan Peoples-Jones? Probably not. I, I would I would be willing to say there are few athletes in college football that are more talented right now than Donovan Peoples-Jones. And you can see that on tape. But he's got to put it all together. He's still going to be raw going into the NFL. I think people are going to be blown away at his combine numbers, his measurables. And there's going to be a wide receiver coach that says, get him in my wide receiver room. I can make him a star. And we are going to be there for that. We got to hope that his value drops and that we can get him in the third or fourth round of our fantasy drafts. Every year in my fantasy drafts, I have a 100% player. Now, I preach diversity. You should never have 100% of a player, except in rookie drafts when the cost is at its all-time low. And every year I find a player that I take 100% of. Last year, I probably whiffed. I went 100% Gary Jennings Jr. The same thing, a talented player. Did he have his head screwed on straight? I don't know if he did or not. Uh, We'll see. Give him one more season. But I was getting him the last pick in the fourth round. I was trading, gathering picks for 2020, dropping down to the end of the fourth round, taking Gary Jennings in every league. The year before that, uh, I was scooping up Anthony Miller for Chicago. He didn't go through the combine. He had, I think, the Liz Frank injury. Was not on a lot of people's radar unless you did a lot of your homework. I got Anthony Miller in 100% of leagues. The year before that, it was George Kittle. Nobody even knew who George Kittle was. I was getting him in the fourth round. Moral of the story, right now, Donovan Peoples-Jones is probably going to be our 100% player that we're going to draft. You know, it's still going to determine his landing spot if he's drafted or not. But worst case scenario, we take him with the last pick in the fourth round if he's undrafted free agent. I don't think that's going to happen. If he is drafted, hopefully it's later. We will take him probably late third round. And again, this is all speculative. I don't know yet, but... He's got the high school pedigree. He's got the talent. He has to work on some of his craft to be a star. Now, he measured at the combine already at 6'1", 212, the same measurement as Devontae Adams. He's probably going to come in faster than Devontae Adams, okay? Devontae Adams took two years to develop. So let's not give up hope on Donovan Peoples-Jones. Let's hope that we can get him at value. We'll see how it goes. Landing spot is going to be crucial for him. I want to see him go to a legend quarterback that's going to hold him accountable, make him be a better player. So we got our fingers crossed. We're hoping that he's going to go to a good team. We're going to be able to live with that cost of a third or fourth round pick with the potential ceiling that he brings. So Donovan Peoples-Jones, you're going to hear people hate on him because of the production, but there's always another side of the story. Look at the film. Look at why the production is down. Listen to people that have been doing this for a while that understand what they're looking at, what numbers are important, what tape's important. Hopefully uncover a gem, something we can identify during our fantasy football draft. Now, that's all I have for tonight. It's It's been a late night. I'm trying to squeeze one in before the combine just for you listeners and hopefully viewers on YouTube. In two days, I'll be down in Indianapolis watching these guys run and jump and catch, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'll be DVRing this uh, to watch it probably at least 20 times 
just to nitpick every single thing that I see. Please continue to come back to the Roto Lounge. Follow me on Twitter at Roto Lounge. Find me on Instagram at Roto underscore Lounge. We talk about the bourbon, the E.H. Taylor right there. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Give me a thumbs up. Give me a review on Apple. Don't forget, I'm selling the 2020 Rookie Draft Kit. $5. That's You can skip lunch. Don't get Subway tomorrow. Don't get Starbucks on your way to work. Instead, go to rotolounge.com backslash merch and pay $5 for the draft kit. It'll be in your email box April 1st, ready to review. We'll have our pre-rankings. We'll be ready for the NFL draft. Once the draft takes place and landing spots happen and we see where Donovan Peoples-Jones lands and we shoot him up our draft board and we say, get him in the second, third, or fourth round, you're going to be ready and it's only going to cost you $5, but you'll be prepared. All right. Salute. Have a good night. Cheers. I'll see you on the flip side when I get back from the combine. I'll do a, a YouTube video and a podcast that talks about the combine, what I saw, some risers, some fallers, uh, what we're looking forward to. I'm going to try to knock out as many of these breakdowns as I can leading up to April 1st. But April 1st, the rookie guide will be delivered. So whoever I don't hit on the podcast will just have to wait. We'll just have to wait until you read it in the, in the rookie guide. So appreciate it. Till next time, this has been Roto Lounge.